Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of the Let's Talk Audio Podcast. Woohoo! So, on today's episode, I had the pleasure, the joy of interviewing Jam Phelps. Now, Jam is a studio owner, tracking and mixing engineer, and music producer based out of Durham, North Carolina. She owns Dank Studios, so she opened in 2019. We had a great time. It was a, it was a great episode. Learned a lot, talked a lot. Hope you guys like it as always. Enjoy. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Let's Talk Audio Podcast. You can also find me on my website at beatsinabottle.com. Beats, B-E-A-T-S, in a bottle.com. Uh, and also, fun fact, I'm starting a newsletter. So if you guys want to be a part of the newsletter world, <laughs> Go over to my website and sign up for it. Without further ado, we're going to get into this episode with Jam. Let's talk. Let's talk audio. Yeah, my wife and I, we watch that show Hoarders. We love that show. We've been watching that. And uh, we're always like, ah, oh, so much knickknacks and little things and how do people. And then we'll we'll just like look around our house and be like, we don't even have that much stuff. It's OK. It's OK. <laughs> so we have a. <laughs> we have a pretty big house and so uh like we moved here from Seattle. So we had the option to uh I'm in Durham, North Carolina, and we had the option to get a bigger place if we moved out of Seattle. So we got ourselves a nice place and this that I'm in right now is actually the garage on the property that I turned into a 500 square foot studio space. So, you know, this I I see a lot of acquiring in our future for sure with all the all the size of the house and everything. Yeah. I think that's the hard part, right? Is like, you don't want to, like when you're in a smaller space and then you go into a larger space, it's really easy to start filling space, even if you don't necessarily need to be filling space, you know? I don't know. Yeah. So I think it's just really easy. Like it's natural that we all just kind of want to spread out and like fill our spaces to its capacity. We just have to be very conscious of it though too at the same time. So, yeah. okay, wait. So, I don't actually know anything about your studio space um in terms of how it's set up. So, like, tell me, tell me about that. Mysteries, mysterious <laughs> mysteries. So, I am I like I said I'm in Durham, North Carolina, and I had this garage that you can see, but not everyone can see. <laughs> it was just a uh, concrete and it was used by the previous owners to keep their dogs in. Oh. So the drywall is all ripped up and there was, it was not cleaned. We'll just put it that way. Yep. And it was concrete. And so I saw the space and this is one of the reasons we picked this house. And I spent about six months getting found and recycled materials to build my studio space for almost nothing. Really? So the carpet is from uh, Habitat Restore, Scrap Exchange, and Craigslist were my best friends for like six months. I built 
everything in here that you see except for the ceiling is bought from the Home Depot. It was the only thing that I had to kind of break down, but I did all kinds of stuff, construction, dumpster diving, wow, the whole deal. And my entire space with the purchase ceiling for just the construction of my studio was about 300 to $500 total. Wow. And it's a fully treated room. I have poly silo in the ceiling, in the rafters. I have acoustic paneling. The garage door is covered by rock wool. And it's so- it sounds great in here. It's not soundproofed. You can still hear like street noise sometimes when the neighbors get rowdy. My wife bought, uh, built me a vocal booth. And so that was out of plywood and stuff we found in the shed. And it's really cool. It's like selfie central. It's pink in there with Christmas lights. <laughs> so if you go to my Instagram, you'll see the vocal booth. All the people, they can't help themselves. It's like they walk in there and it's like, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. I yeah. love having like default, like selfie spaces. It's like, it's the best, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it also makes selfie spaces easier. So. Yeah, there was a curtain, a shower curtain that was never opened that had uh, $100 bills all over it. Like, not real ones, but like, that was the print. Yeah. And it came with the house. It was in the laundry room. And so I hung it up in there. So it's like bright pink with this whole wall of $100 bills and like Christmas lights all over the place. So, yeah, you walk in there, you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. So I like having that kind of environment for people. That's fun. I like it. I I want to redo the space behind me. Um, I know that people can't see it. I want to redo this over here. I have a chair in this corner that currently has all of my clothes on it. Uh, <laughs> not all of them, but a, a small portion of them. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, let's put a pin in this episode for a quick second because this episode is sponsored by me and my new merch store. We have t-shirts, jumpers, and air fresheners for sale. I announced the merch in Piper's episode's show notes, and Jam and I touched on it at the end of this episode. Now, it's being said verbally. If you want to support this podcast, head over to my website, beatsinabottle.com. That's beats, B-E-A-T-S, in a bottle, dot com, to check it out. Okay, now let's get back to our regularly scheduled interview. We all have hot takes. Yeah. You don't like the Princess Bride. I thought Taylor Swift's folklore was trash, you know? So, <laughs> You know, I like Taylor Swift, but I did not listen to folklore. Not because I didn't want to. I just never got around to doing it. I, I don't know. I had other things to, like, think about, you know? like. Well, I, I listened to it, I don't know, four days ago. Because I was like, okay, I need to listen to it. In one album of the year, I got to find out why. You know, blah, blah, blah. I listened to it, and I was like, first of all, it's not done well. Second of all, it just makes me sad. and. I don't know what the hype was. Haim should have won it. Emily Lazar deserved another Grammy. Get out of town, you know? So I mean, but when you have a system like award shows that are kind of unclear as to how they choose yeah, who they choose, and then you have people like oh, yeah. boycotting them all the time. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, are we ever really going to know why she won album of the year? There's no, it's not like anybody came up and was like, and here's why she won album of the year. <laughs> you know, nobody's going to do that. There's going to be like, she won. Yeah. Great. Here's your Grammy. Go away. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, Grammy, go away. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't get me wrong. I think the Grammys are cool. I, I like the principle of them. I just wish that there was a little more diverse. 
No, I wasn't even going to say diverse. I I mean, although diversity would be nice. Although this past year's Grammy was a little weird with their like, we're being diverse, but like in an awkward way. I don't know. It, yeah. Like the Grammys this year was just weird. Uh, But I was thinking more of, they were a little bit more transparent with how they came up with who they came up with. And I get that it's like a voting system and, and I understand how it works with within reason of how they allow you to know how it works. But I do think that there's a lot of like things that I think should be a little bit more open. Yeah. Like why don't they, why don't they have indie category? Yeah. Like a category that says if you don't have a million plays on Spotify, but you submit like a, you could submit your music and we'll listen to it on the you don't have a million dollars category to make right. you know, higher. And then you have people, you know, Taylor Swift with folklore. She was like, I made this in my bedroom. And I'm like, OK, well, let me go see what the credits are. I'm going to pull up the wiki. And I pull up the wiki as like 40 people working on the album mm-hmm. and like three songwriters, like two producers. And I'm like, I was like, dude, it's cool that you did that. We all want to do that. We all want to be there. But don't like say oh i made this in my bedroom by myself as you're like advertising for it yeah gross i know it's kind of like i feel that i feel like a similar not exactly the same but a similar thing about billy ellish i think that's how you pronounce her name correctly i don't actually remember until i look at it and then i'm like eilish i think eilish or ellish eilish I only know, you know tomato, tomato. When I, when I see yeah, it, I, I think it's not right. But when I can't see it, then <laughs> I don't know how to actually pronounce her name. And that's not like to be a dig. I'm just really bad at people's names like that. Anytime I have to yeah. say people's names, I have them in front of me. So that way I know I pronounced them correctly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I feel the same way yeah, about she, her. Because everybody was like, oh, you know, she yeah. created it in her bedroom and it was all, you know, but, and then you like go and you're like looking at her album and you're looking at her brother who's like this awesome producer and you look at her family and the connections that she has and you're kind of like, yep. yeah, I mean, that's technically true. And, and I'll give you credit for that, but let's also, be realistic about what you have been doing around your album. Like, come on now. Right. Because I think that a lot of people like, you know, get hope like, Oh, you know, Phineas made this in a closet and you're like, yeah, he did. But after they became more popular and they had, I think it was 11 remixes of, of diamond. No blue eyes. Something eyes. Um, And then they, I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, they had like seven remixes and then they played those and then the family connections that they had promoted it. And it's like, yeah, you can make great music in your bedroom. You really can. You can make great music in a 500 square foot garage. I do it every day for a living. But like, if you want those kind of success stories and those chances, you have to still play the game and be connected into the system. And what's really cool is like now... You know, if you get a good promoter and you release things on your own, you can be very successful and you don't need a label. And a lot of people who are up and coming who get labels end up failing Mm -hmm. compared to the people who don't, you know, go into getting a label and doing it on their own. Because if you if you take, you know, I have five thousand dollars and I want to make, you know, a record and you spend two thousand or three thousand on the record. You know, you can do that. You can hire somebody like me who's not going to rake you over the coals. Exactly. And you spend that last like $2,000 on just promotion and Facebook ads and Instagram ads and all that. 
you can actually do really well and be very successful. You might not win a Grammy, but you can make a living that way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's great. I think that the the time of the label is ending, which is always a cool conversation. Yeah. Actually, that was one of my questions for you about <laughs> studios and stuff. And then you're like, I think the time of labels are ending. And I was like, wow, what a way to just like, you know, read what I had written down. It's fine. I mean, it's cool. we can go into that now, too. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, I, I kind of agree to a certain extent. I mean, I think labels still have some value, obviously, but I don't think that they're everything. I think it depends on what your goals are and what it is that you're striving to succeed in. Like if your goal is to be like the next Taylor Swift, then sure, you, you're going to need a label. But if your goal is to be a successful artist or a successful, you know, insert whatever, you don't have to be. I mean, there's, there's so much work out here, you know, like that's like being able to do it yourself. I mean, I know people like to use the term DIY. I don't like calling it DIY. I I feel like that's a little hokey. I think it's just called being self-sufficient. If you can find a way to just be self-sufficient and then work with what you have and gradually get there by that means. And I think that's a lot more obtainable nowadays. But Yeah, and I, I think DIY, I think building yourself a shower or something, building yourself. <laughs> like this studio space was DIY, but you know, if you if you send me a mix or if you, you know, recorded something in your bedroom and you want me to mix it, I'm not going to say that your song is, you know, oh, you did it yourself. You know, you you're a professional and you're doing you're learning a skill to make yourself save some money and do better and i think that's great you know i don't think you need to go into debt though i think that's the big thing for me no and i think a lot of people they they think that they need to like like they need to spend all this money and hire like this really awesome xyz person insert person there's always something that somebody thinks that they need to spend a lot of money on and Mm -hmm. whether that's a studio whether that's a specific producer whether that is promoter or gear Oh, God, gear. Uh, <laughs> I was just talking about that with somebody else, like literally yesterday. No matter what that is, insert expensive item. I don't, I think people think that they need to spend all that money on that thing and then they go into debt. And then, you know, that's how they end up in like these weird situations where, you know, they don't really own their material anymore and they have to pay like these crazy percentages to like other humans. And then by the time they actually get their own money, it's like pennies. And it's like because you, soldier soul for something that you didn't actually have to do and i realized that like that's also about education it's also about i think there's i think we have more strengths than we realize and so sometimes if you're not in a environment where people are encouraging you to explore what those strengths are learn those skills and and really try to advance yourself that way then you will have to feel then then you tend to feel like you have to pay other people all the time to do stuff for mm-hmm. you when in actuality if you just had better time management and you know to put in the effort you could do it yourself and mm-hmm. have a much smaller circle around you because i mean obviously we can't do everything we are going to need some yeah. people at some point so i'm not saying like don't ever ask for help when you actually need it but mm-hmm. there's a difference between asking for help when you need it and asking for help and you haven't even tried anything yet, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've talked to people 
you know, in my community or in different places and they say, well, I'm, I'm going to spend $11,000 or $20,000 to make my record because I want to work with such and such producer in such and such studio because they've won this award and that award, which also, you know, women not winning these awards is costing money because people go, oh, I want to work with a Grammy producer. Well, then if you want to work with a Grammy producer, you can't work with a woman. You know, if, if you want to work with, you know, this studio won Grammys and that studio isn't owned by women, then you can't work there. And so like, but people will say like the quotes that they've got. And my whole business model is that I want, I, I don't want music to be prohibitive. And yeah, I got to eat. I got to pay my bills and I got to eat, but I'm not in the business of, you know, gouging people out of thousands and thousands of dollars. And I've actually like lost clients to big places that they want to spend more money. And I say, Hey, you know, let me know when the album comes out. I want to take a listen to it. I'll listen to it. And, and I'll think in my head, I could have done the same thing. I could have got you the same sound for a half, you know, and I'm not the low price leader. I'm not going to do things for pennies, but you know, I think that you can find people who are independent mixing engineers or independent producers that will charge you less for the things that you cannot or don't want to do. Because I know a lot of people are like, I don't want to mix it. Mm -hmm. I hate mixing. I don't want to do it. And I'm like, hey, just send it to me. And I have a lot of clients that I teach them how to record at home. Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, I'm going to send you a video where to stand, where to put your mic, where to put your levels, you know, how to do this. And, you know, people will, and I don't even expect anything from them, but nine times out of 10, I'm mixing that because I built that relationship with them and gave them something that has value because I just really want people to know that they don't need to spend a bunch. Mm -hmm. My total investment for my studio, including the building, all my gear, everything, except the drum set behind me, because that drum set I've had for a long time. I'm a drummer of 27 years, so I had to have a nice kit. <laughs> my total investment was about 1500 bucks. Nice. And, and so you can do this. You can, if you really have a passion for audio, you have a passion for mixing or whatever, you know, and you don't have to go to a fancy school. You can sign up for things that are, are really cool. Like the produce by produce, like a pro Academy. I guess 200 bucks a year. I teach you everything you need to know. You can get into communities like the Omni sound project and you can get into communities like women in audio and things like that. And they'll help you. I've learned so much from these communities that I never would have had access to because I don't want to go to full sale university and spend you know, $75,000 learning how to do something that if I just opened a YouTube video and started playing with some knobs, I could probably figure out, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely that, but there's nothing like having one-on-one -on -one instruction though. I will say that, but oh, that's true. I really that's true. enjoy having somebody like, yeah, I figured out a lot of things on my own, but it was really nice to have somebody who came to like a, a show of mine and gave me ideas of how to be better. I do yeah. think that that is also still important. So don't think that just because you have YouTube videos, like that's like, I mean, <laughs> wrong, that's great. Yeah. It's a great starting place and it's a great place to like <laughs> learn and start, but also if, if like you know as well yeah <laughs> like at least yeah, one if, at least one don't yeah, don't, at least don't one. go crazy like i'm not saying you need to go to full sale because that's insane um yeah. i mean hey if you want to go there by all means i'm not gonna like tell you what to do if you feel like that's what you need to do then you do you yeah 
But yeah, I know like in Austin, ACC has a audio program as well. You can get associate's degree in it. And, you know, it, it's a lot cheaper than wholesale because it's, yeah. but it's community college, but it's also a quality education as well. So yeah, it's not like you're like colleges under, yeah. you know. Yeah. Community colleges are great. I highly recommend, highly, highly recommend. <laughs> also like, uh, I actually give lessons as well. So it's really cool to be teaching and you're kind of learning while you're teaching. Cause someone will ask you a question or give you some stems they're working on and you'll have to figure out how to, how to do it like right in front of them. And so, you know, teaching has been really cool and get a listening buddy, get like two friends that are also in audio and have them like listen and you listen to their stuff and give each other feedback is, is really cool. So. Yeah. No, hey, that's great advice. I'm always trying to encourage people to, I don't want to say take the alternate route, but just realizing that it doesn't have to be one path that is go to college. Like, don't get me wrong. College is great. If you want to go to college, go to college. Like you do you. Yeah. But if you don't want to go to college because you feel like college just isn't your thing. I've always been kind of big on encouraging people that it's not the end all be all. Like there's other ways to do it and you don't have to like go into debt for yeah. it either. Like exactly calm down with that guys okay like we don't want to be those people running around like destroyed our lives before we ever got started right exactly like uh right out of high school this was 2001 i graduated high school 20 years ago i'm dating oh my gosh really i Um, I didn't i mean i know you said you played for 27 years and so i had to like obviously mathematically i i put two and two together but before you said any of that (laughs) i didn't think you were that old (laughs) Like I didn't. I mean, I'm not your uh, old now, but I'm just saying I didn't realize you were that much older than. <laughs> I'm trying to say that, and it still sounds bad. But no, it's fine. I'm not offended. I'm not offended. I will be 38 next week, and I got carded for beer three days. Oh my god, ago. isn't that the best feeling? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, for real. I've been 21 forever. But yeah, in 2000, in 2001, when I graduated high school, I got into Berkeley College of Music mm. and, uh, and I was going to do drums. And I decided that that was a really bad idea because I looked at the price and it was going to be in 2001, it was going to be almost a hundred thousand dollars for four years. Oh my gosh. And I went, nope. And I was kind of glad that I didn't do it because I would, if, if I could go back in time and say go, I would say go for audio engineering. But at the time, I didn't know, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a drummer. Like a couple of years later, I watched some videos of the Berkeley drummers that, you know, they do like a promotional video. And they all sounded exactly the same. They had like the same style, the same groove, the same pattern. And I went, oh, I'm really glad I didn't do that because I was able to like develop my own sound and my own way of doing things. But yeah, I went to college way later for marketing and I'm in debt for it. And yeah, don't recommend college unless that's something that if you're going to be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer, go to go to college. But if you're going to do something else, like try to find, like you said, the alternate path. Also, like if you're going to be a plumber or something, those are great jobs. Trades, they're running out of people that are in trades now. Because people are like, I have to go to college. And so trade workers are getting, you know, trade workers work, make almost as much as engineers. 
Yes, they do. And they're they're running out of them. Yeah. Because people are thinking they got to go to college. So it's really sad. Wait, so did you just not like marketing? Is that why you like you just gave up on it? You were like, marketing? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, like, you went to school no. later for it, and then you're like, yeah, but then I went into debt. Don't do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, well, it's weird how I got into audio. It's very weird, but I was a oh God, hotel. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to pause you. I realized we didn't do an official intro. We just kind of started talking. Oh, okay. You didn't introduce yourself. I usually try to have people introduce themselves. And then I was like, wait, we've been talking for like 30 minutes. And I, at no point have we actually said who you are. Um, <laughs> well, edit, well, so we're going to edit this into the beginning there. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I might just leave it. <laughs> no. Okay. You know what? No, I want to hear well, the story. It, I want to hear the story. It's funny because... You don't even care. Okay. My name is Jam and I own Dank Studios in Durham, North Carolina. We are a women and queer community focused recording studio. So that's who I am. That's who I am. And uh, I told you to prepare to laugh. I like to joke around. That was so bad. So yeah, if anybody doesn't know me, I mean... Maybe my ego is just that big that I was like, everybody knows who I am. Well, also, we kind of, we run in similar circles, even though this is like my first time meeting you, like, officially. I mean, I think I talked to you like once, but like, it wasn't like an official meeting. Uh, (laughs) And so (laughs) I think because you were like in a live thing or was it something with Omni? Probably. I I love Omni. I'm I'm in every like event. I'm in every event and whatever. If I had Um, the time, I would be. But your girl be like, look, about that. You know, there's only so many hours in a day. <laughs> mm. No, okay. So I unofficially met you before. You were in a in a chat and we sort of talked. And then now this is like my first official time meeting you, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah, but no, we run in like- circles because you were, you were on the Sound Girls blog and then, you know, you were interviewed by Cinnamon and I mm-hmm. edit Cinnamon's podcast. So that was cool. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, like, it's just like, it's like, I feel like I've like, like, I've already known you, even though I. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same about you. Like, (laughs) that's kind of how I am. I'm like everybody's friend. I've always been that way. Like, I'm just really extroverted and I'm totally an Aries. So I'm like five years old inside. I'm like, oh, I'm just, you're a person. I'll be my friend. You know, it's just kind of how I am. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love people like that. They made my heart happy. See, so I'm an extroverted person with people. I am introverted Mm -hmm. by myself. And I know people are like, that sounds weird. But if I'm at home and I'm at home and I'm just like here, oh, it's all day introverted stuff. I'd be like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. (laughs) I don't want to see nobody chilling in my room all day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm out in the world, I am out. I'm like, let's do it. We're going out. We're we're hitting the bar. We're gonna talk to people. There are people at the <laughs> bar. We're gonna talk to them. Bartenders, we're having a conversation. Like going to restaurants. <laughs> like I am out there and I'm like extroverted, randomly meeting people on the side of the street. I'll meet people on the bus, the train. I'll talk to my Uber drivers and end up being friends with them. Like it's I'm just I'm <laughs> out there. So it's really, it's, it's like, I think I, I think that the, the terminology would be, I'm an extrovert with introvert tendencies. 
Or it could yeah. be that I'm an introvert with extrovert tendencies. I don't really know. I just feel like I just know the line in my life. And if I'm at home, we chilling. If we out, we out. But if we're here, yeah. we watching. I mean, I'll invite people over. When I invite people over, that's like going out. But it's like the in-between place, you know? You like order pizza or Chinese food or something and, you know, play board games. And yeah. It's great. Yeah. I'm the same way. If I'm at home, I'm watching TV. I, I just got to... Uh... Discovery Plus, which if you need garbage TV in your life and you like crime shows and you like quarters and my 600 pound life and you need an escape from the world and to feel better about your life, I highly recommend Discovery Plus because <laughs> I decided to sign up because like I said, my birthday's next week. So I was like, I'm buying Discovery Plus for my birthday. I love ID. I love it's an investigation discovery, like murder. I was shows. like, what the heck is ID? <laughs> investigate. No, <laughs> that's like my favorite thing in the world. So that's what I do in my free time now that COVID makes it so I don't go anywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just for the record, when I say go out, I do mean go out pre Rona. I don't mean go out. Oh yeah. Corona. Like I just want to be clear on that. I don't need people adding me being like, Oh my goodness, why are you going out during Rona? I'm not going out during Rona. Okay. Calm down. Calm down. Yeah. Okay. We're allowed to talk. We're allowed to talk about our lives pre COVID-19. Okay. And when Rona's so. over. Okay. When everybody's yeah. vaccinated well enough. Okay. And well, although in Texas, they said, go, go do whatever you want now. So, <laughs> so they're like, Go have fun. <laughs> so yeah. in Texas, technically, I could go have fun. And you people shouldn't judge me because the government said I could. But <laughs> I'm also just cautious and I'm like, nah, fam. But just naturally. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not technically breaking Rona laws if I wanted to go out. But I'm not going out because all I could. Yeah. I'm too scared. Like, I got it. I got it. And I was I was done. I'm I'm done. I And I didn't even do anything. The only thing that I did was abnormal was move. I moved from my apartment into the house. That was mm. it. So in the process of moving, I got Rona. Prior to uh. that, your girl was sitting in the house not doing nothing. Okay. Uh, I went biking, which was sucked. a solo thing. I would sit in my apartment <laughs> and like do interviews and stuff like that. But I was by myself. Like I was not out here with the humans. Okay. And then I had to move. <laughs> and then I got Rona. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I got to tell you, a lot of people are like, I've heard a lot of people say this and I'm not, I know that everybody's experience with Rona was different, but for me, it was really difficult because I, I got, I feel like I got all the symptoms. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. on top of that, the, to me, the other symptoms weren't that bad because they reminded me of having like a sinus infection and that sucks, but it, it's like, I've had sinus infections before. So I know how that works. You know, you're just kind of. Uh, it sucks, but you know, move on. You're you're waiting for it to move on. Not that you move on. You wait for it to run its course, yeah. right? Yeah. But with the Rona, I couldn't breathe. So like, I felt like I was suffocating, and I think that was like the mm -hmm. most terrifying thing. I used to have asthma as a kid, so I've I've had my fair share of like not being able to breathe. But asthma for me, like my version of asthma, was a joke compared to that version of not being able to breathe with COVID. Cause like I couldn't even wow. move like 
I would try to get up from my bed and go to the restroom, which isn't that far. Okay. We're talking maybe <laughs> five steps. Okay. Cause my, my bathroom is in my room. It's like maybe five steps away. I was so out of breath that I was coughing because I couldn't take deep enough breaths to fill my lungs. Like wow. that is a fear that I never knew I was going to have. I, I remember waking up out of my sleep because I couldn't breathe on multiple occasions because I couldn't take deep enough breaths. And like, it's wow. just, it's so like, I say all this to say, <laughs> I, I don't, I wasn't playing with Rona before and I ain't playing with Rona after. Cause I'm still like, yeah. no, <laughs> uh, I know that it's like less likely that I'll get it now, you know, and stuff like that. But no, I just like, even the possibility of having to go through not being able to breathe. And then like, because I live with my grandpa, I had to like separate from him because he's elderly and I mm -hmm. don't want to get him sick and stuff like that. And so you, it's, it's like, I just, I remember just wanting to lay in bed all day. And my mom was like, I don't like, they're like over here trying to help me, you know, while also not trying to get run of themselves. And like, they're like trying to drop food off on the front porch, but walking to the front door. Cause my room is like in the back of the house, trying to get to the front door was like a nightmare and I had to walk Ugh. so slow. I mean, it took me like 10 minutes to get to the front door. Wow. And then back. And I just laid on the couch the whole time. I was like, don't ask me to do anything. <laughs> Cause it's just, wow. it's just like that difficult. So anyways, that took a turn. I didn't mean to do that, <laughs> but anyways, it happens. Gonna, People tell me stuff. We're going to not so graciously move on back to you were supposed to be telling me a story about Mar <laughs> how you got into doing marketing we're just gonna well, just move on just segue 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 i don't, yeah, I don't um, know how to segue i'm not gonna lie i've never been good at them so we're just gonna <laughs> declare them as a segue this is our segue okay segue uh well i just like to touch on your topic a little bit i actually got h1n1 uh in 2009 when the swine flu pandemic was and I thought I was going to die. So when they put out this Corona that's worse than the H1N1, I was like, lock the friggin' door. I ain't going shit where. Sorry. Is cussing allowed on here? It is. I just assume that people are going to. So I just, <laughs> I just put the whole thing I try, It's always I try not. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to use the F word, but you know, I wasn't going anywhere. And, uh, and I got real scared. And so we've done nothing or we haven't eaten out nothing we've just been me and you know i'm just really glad that my wife and i really like each other because <laughs> it's like a blessing it's like a blessing but anyway marketing i'm so glad you like your wife enough that you know you got trapped together and you didn't want to kill each other no we, i'm very i'm very happy for you we haven't had a, a single fight i am i know a lot of people they get trapped together and they get they be like yeah. no yeah. And luckily I work out here separate from the house. I still go in and stuff, but like, you know, it gets me away and then, you know, we can have like our time to do the things that we like and she does what she likes to do. And I like do what I like to do. And, um, and so it's nice, but yeah, there was a, a friend of my wife's that said supposed to like each other because there's all those jokes about like, Oh, my, my, my ball and chain and this and that. And we're all just like, okay, this is really confusing. Do you know that when you're married, you're supposed to like each other? That's kind of how it works. 
Yeah. You're supposed to be able to sit inside of a room together and not want to kill each other. Marketing. We're going to get back to that. I want to hear this story. I was a, a hotel manager for 10 years. And then I was a high-end grocery store manager for six. And so when I was in hotels, I decided that I was going to go to school because I wanted to learn something different. And so I went to school and I got a degree in something that I didn't ever need or use. I just got hired in a grocery store instead of a hotel. So retail and then, and then retail. And then this year I moved, well, when I moved to, uh, to Durham, I said, I don't want to do grocery anymore because they don't have the unions out in North Carolina and the grocery stores are really low paying, horrible jobs, unlike in other places. Wait, there's unions around grocery store workers? Oh, yeah. I was in the grocers union for two and a half years. And they, I mean, it was amazing. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. There's a grocers union? Yeah. That, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know there could be a union for anything. I know that. But I just didn't know that there was a grocers union. Yeah, there's a gro- grocers union is one of the oldest unions. It's one of the oldest unions and it was really cool because they protect your wages and they give you really cheap health insurance. And yeah, when I joined the grocers union, I was making a lot of money and it was really cool. But I was living in Seattle, so all the money was being spent on living. We just didn't want to do that anymore. So we moved out here all the way to North Carolina and everything's cheap. It's so great. And the town I live in is super liberal. And uh, we're like the blue part of North Carolina. <laughs> we're in the, by Duke University. So super liberal, lots of hippies and queers and everything. And it's really nice. Yeah. So I just got the degree thinking that it would give me a better job. And what actually got me a better job was all my years of customer service experience. So I got a job at a civil engineering firm here in Durham as like the client experience specialist. And in October of 2020, they laid me off because they closed their office for the whole year for Corona. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to go get another job. I'm going to make this work and I'm going to do audio full time. And I opened my studio full time and so far so good. So. It's scary, but yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really cool, though. It's a really interesting way about going about it. Like, yeah, like because I mean, I mean, okay, I'm trying to form a thought, and I was just like, "There's no words that are coming out of your mouth right now." Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I mean is, is like a lot of times people feel like, you know, if they're going to make a career change like that, then they have to go back to school to do it instead of it being like, nah, we're just going to invest in ourselves and just do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I always think it's really cool when people are able to come to those kind of realizations. Cause I know like a lot of times, like I know for me, at least I always had the mindset that if I was ever going to like change paths, every time I wanted to, every time I thought about changing a path, I always thought, do I have to go back to school instead of just mm-hmm. I'm going to change paths and then just do what it is I want to change paths doing. Uh, I always kind of so I, in a way I'm a product of the of society always telling us 
especially as millennials, you know, go to college, go to college, go to college. You can't do anything mm-hmm. without college. And so my knee jerk reaction was always, well, I need college instead of it being like, yeah, but could you do it without college, you know, and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't go back to school like a bajillion times to like, you know, do <laughs> college. Like only I did it and then I was done. But I would always have that idea first. And I, and I know there's a lot of people who have those ideas first. So it's always really nice to hear people who didn't have that idea first. Yeah. And like, that was my idea to get out of uh, hotels is it was 24 seven, 365. That place is open. And I was in charge of the team at the front desk. So I was in charge of all the guests and the team at the front desk. And so I worked like 70 hours a week, some weeks and not getting paid extra for it as salary employee. And I was just burnt. I was really burnt out. But what I do, I'm so grateful for all that time in hotel management. And I'm so grateful for my grocery career because what it did is it made me good with customer service. And a lot of folks in audio struggle with that part, the customer service end of running a business and how to give great customer service to your clients and get build those relationships. And I'm like a customer service pro. <laughs> you know, when you, so like imagine your worst client and then have them live in your house for two weeks and you're responsible for every aspect of their life, including their toilet paper, their towels and their food. And that was my job for 10 years. Yeah. No. So it really prepares you. And then all the, you know, the Karens at the grocery store, I want to speak to your manager. Well, I was the manager. So, you know, I'd have to deal with, you know, I probably be a millionaire if I got like a dollar every time somebody told me that I ruined Christmas. Oh my God. So, <laughs> you know, like People all are these so like, dramatic. Oh my God. They goodness. are so dramatic. And it's like, you know, if you, I think, honestly, I think that when every, person turns like 16 or 17 that they should be required just like some countries require you to join the military Mm -hmm. i think that you should be required to do a year of retail you and me because it really makes you it makes you you a better freaking person yeah it just makes you a better person because you're you're more understanding you're in your patient and you'll just be better i don't know how to describe it any other way than that but I mean, your ability to communicate becomes better. Your ability to handle things that are uncomfortable or dealing with certain situations. Like, there's just so much that comes with working in retail. That's just kind of like, yeah, uh, you know, and yeah, and you're forced to have to deal with it and and deal with it in a way that's not, uh, yeah, sure, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> and not have that sort of, you know, dead to the world mentality um then it 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 can teach you a lot of things i've yeah. always thought that too i always thought people should be required to like work in like retail or the food industry or something mm-hmm. like that for a little while for at least a year maybe two so that way you really understand like i, I don't know if requires maybe the right <laughs> word but i think it would be like a preferred thing because i don't want to force yeah. people to do something but yeah because uh, marca I think it would, marca my friends but also, I think you have the right to choose, you know, like, yeah, I'm I'm totally so. down with the right to choose. So I just think it should be encouraged. That's the word. Yeah, I think it should be yeah. encouraged, encouraged that at a That's certain a age, you start working in retail or the food industry. So that way you can learn 
certain life lessons, especially when it comes to dealing with people. Because a lot of times mm-hmm. people like to believe that they're the center of the universe. Hun, you ain't the center of the universe. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but like, yeah. you do not hang the moon and the stars, you know, like you got to yeah. share this yeah. world with, I mean, well, at the very least, you got to share America with what, 300 million people? Something right? like that. Something like, I mean, Something like that. But yeah, you have whatever those numbers are. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to have, you're going to have people say, you know, I don't like your, I don't like the mix you made me or uh, I don't think we're a right fit or, you know, all these things are going to happen in your career. I mean, I've only been doing this for a short time and I've gotten a person who is like, you know, I really liked your mix, but someone else in my band did it and we're going to go in a different direction. But, you know, here's the money, but we're just not going to use it. And you have to learn how to not take those things like super personally and still be gracious and still give them their files and give them, you know, everything that they paid for and, and have that. How do I make it better? How can I fix it? And you can burn bridges really fast if you aren't good at that stuff. If somebody says they don't like something and instead of saying, sure, I'll do an extra revision or, um, yeah, I'll be happy to help you with that or let me throw that in for you. If you don't know how to do that stuff, you're dead in the water because they'll tell their friends, oh, I worked with Jam and she wouldn't do an extra vision even though I really hated the mix. And then I ended up paying for something I didn't use. So don't use her in the future. You know, you never want people talking like that. So those kind of experiences are really invaluable. So if you want to do, if you want to open your own business, go work in retail for a year. (laughs) Um, I will say as a caveat to that. Don't let people take advantage of you by doing that either. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's, like, a a middle ground, guys. Like, don't just, like, there's a middle place where it's, like, yes, you want to be about a positive customer service experience, but you also Mm -hmm. don't want to let people treat you like a doormat. So, you got to find that balance. So, like, if you're, like, okay, I'm going to give you, you know, three revisions, and after that, you know, as part of the price. And then after that, mm-hmm. you know, I charge you a certain amount for each revision afterwards or something right. like that. Something that's like a middle ground because you definitely want to find that place, but you don't want to be that person who's like, I mixed it and then you gave it to them and then you left and you never talked to them again and then they hated it because you don't yeah. want to be that person exactly. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely a middle ground there. So don't, don't, let's not be extremists here, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think Re- it's... Be within realisticness, okay? <laughs> I just want to put that out there because some people will be like, oh, well, they told me. I mean, <laughs> it's all about systems, right? So yes. if I send somebody their mix and they immediately tell me something like email right back. Oh, I don't like this. I say, OK, here's what I want you to do. I want you to spend a day with it. I want you to listen to it as many times as you can. And then I want you to write me an email with everything you want changed. Because if I were to do that, like, oh, they they didn't like this note twanged. Okay, let me get that up. All right, I'll resend that to them. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, and then you, okay, let me fix that. You know, so there's ways that you can put systems in place to where you're not being run over. Absolutely. And, and communicate, like you said, like I do three revisions and after that. But you don't want to be the person that says, I do three revisions and then you don't give them time to listen to it. And then you are changing those one things at a time and they didn't get a chance to really process for their vision. So like, like you said, it's just all a balance and how you prepare them and how, how you, the, the boundaries are so important. Like I'm so guilty of this. Like somebody will text me at like 10 PM and I'll reply and go, Oh, 
I shouldn't have done that because now they're going to think it's okay to text me at 10 o'clock at night, you know, but I do it. I do it. We all do it, you know, but like if you get an email from somebody and it's one in the morning and you're awake, don't respond. Don't, don't do it. Just wait. You can respond at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m., but don't do it like, cause it sets a precedent. Think business hours. Think business yeah. hours. Okay. Business yeah. hours are usually eight to five, eight to four. Nine to five. Think that. Think that. Mm-hmm. I have business hours. I, but I also have like, I have designated email time and then I have business time. So that's like usually the hours in which I allow to do these interviews mm-hmm. and for other people to interview me or something like that. So that's sort of where that time frame lies. And then I have the time of the day where I work on other people's podcasts that I edit. So it's like, I have very specific hours of the day of specific days that are set aside for that. So that mm-hmm. way I don't end up in situations like that. So you have to find what works for you. There's this really great podcast. I'm going to plug it because I actually learned a lot from them. Uh, it's called the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I love that podcast. You listen to that podcast too? I freaking love it. They were they gave me so many great ideas and yeah. they are amazing. They also have a really great blog page as well so on their website so if you guys want to like know more about that sort of stuff or like have like an additional resource to it you should definitely check out their podcast Mm -hmm. and listen because they're all about the business of having your your studio or the business of being an audio engineer in general whatever that looks like yeah and they they are starting the six-figure creative and i'd like to say that chris graham has been in communication with me about getting more women into the <gasps> uh, community oh my, god, um, oh my god i'm so jealous no. oh my god i'm so excited and so jealous at the same time. I, I don't i don't think i'm gonna be on the podcast but he is chatting with me about things that we can do differently who cares he's talking to you <laughs> yeah we're friends I, on I, facebook I, love i love their stuff so much oh man i'm so oh i love it oh my god yeah I'm and so they excited decided for you <laughs> they decided to uh they sent out a thing on the community that said you know we're getting rid of gear sluts uh in our in our thing and then chris and i started talking and then brian i email brian sometimes and he he answers questions so they're very like open and then i highly recommend I told, I tell everybody I should be an easy funnels IO, uh, spokesperson and they should give me my website for free with how many people I've referred to this thing. But Brian Hood has a new website, uh, host service and it's in beta pricing right now. And I got one. And let me tell you about this lossless player. It is so good. Yeah. If you want to check it out, you can always go to dankstudios.com, D-E-N-K studios.com. And that is made by. Um, the Easy Funnels builder. And what's really cool is they have like really easy to read analytics and stuff. And you can change your website as much as you want and like build things. I just got a photo shoot. I traded a song production for a full photo shoot. So pretty soon I'll have new pictures on on the website too. So that's exciting. Oh my gosh. I freaking love it. I use FilePass yeah. when I do people's stuff because i know that that was a really great way for me to like do revisions with people and stuff like that so yeah no i i am all about those guys i freaking love their stuff and i love what they're doing yeah i listened to that whole podcast while i was building this studio really yeah i've been listening to them for about about two years now i think about Mm -hmm. maybe two years now 
is when I started listening to it. Cause I listened to it when I was first trying to like figure out how to be better about managing the business that is being a sound engineer, mm-hmm. especially in live sound. Like nobody really talks about how to do the business side of things. And so I really wanted that. And I was really trying to find somebody who talked about that. Now they primarily talk about recording studios, but it did help to kind of have it at least be in the world of audio because with it being within the scope of audio, then it made more sense to be able to transpose it to fit to my specific needs versus Mm -hmm. ambiguous business, you know, like, (laughs) ah, how do I transpose that to me? And this was, and so, yeah, I, I've been listening. I was binging that stuff all the time. I was always listening to it. I have, I have a, I like writing things. So I have a lot of journals and notebooks that I just have around and I have a whole notebook dedicated to lessons and things that I've learned from that podcast that I now either implement or I think about, or I put on the back burner. I even took their class, the, that they, that they offer. Oh, cool. (laughs) And everything. Yeah. So it's been, it's been great. Actually. awesome. So I like, so when I say that I'm like legit jealous, I mean that in like a fun jealous, not in a negative jealous. I'm just like, <laughs> that is so cool. I wish I could like be that person too. Not, I just yeah, talk to just everyone. Awesome. I remember awesome. the day that I got a friend, Facebook friends request from Chris Graham. <laughs> I threw my phone up at my wife, Crystal. I was like, Crystal, look who friended me. And she's like, oh, is that your guy from your podcast? I was like, yeah. And she's like, I can't believe that's so cool. And like, yeah. So he friended me. So then when he asked on the community about the uh, the gear sluts thing and changing that up, because it's really important to him, I sent him a message and then we just started chatting. And actually, he asked me what my favorite podcasts for women in audio were. And I sent him a link to this one. So maybe really, he'll Ooh. take a, a listen to it. <laughs> Oh, that's so special. I love that. <laughs> so I can't guarantee that he's going to listen, but I sent him a link. <laughs> I sent this I mean, one and, uh, and Cinnamons because I love the music executive and I love how like it's like 15, 20 minutes. And so I can really like, yes, I can listen to it because it's very digestible. Yeah. I listen to stuff for a living. So I try to listen to like, I listen to your podcast when I clean my studio so like if i'm wiping things down or anything i'm listening to yours it takes me about i don't know three days or so to listen to one of your episodes but i really like them (laughs) yeah so that's that's really funny because the topic of the length of my show has come up over several different times recently Mm -hmm. and it's been an interesting thing to like hear what people have to say about it because i I'm a long, I don't want to say long-winded, but I'm long-winded, okay? I I talk a lot. It's fine. (laughs) And I know that that is a strength for me to be able to talk with people. Yeah. But I also know that the ability to listen to things past a certain period can also be exhausting. It can be fatiguing. Mm -hmm. So, like, for me, I don't like listening to, for example, like, Joe Rogan's podcast like all in one sit down because they're so long. His episodes are like three hours, four hours Mm -hmm. in some cases. Like they're like incredibly long podcasts. And so I was trying to find like a middle ground 
between that. And so people were like, 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 uh, for example, I've had feedback that was like, you know, instead of it being two hours, can it be like closer to like an hour? And then you just break them into parts. So it's like one part, part one, part two. And I think like, that's the case. And every episode will have a part one and a part two. Because yeah. I have yet to record an episode <laughs> that wasn't almost an hour, like an hour and a half to, you know, an hour and a half to two hours. Like the, the only one. Well, I, I think, you know, like, I think they're just, really, yeah. Yeah. And I think if you keep it, if you keep it entertaining and you keep it riffing and you keep talking and there's no like, okay, well, I have to ask you another question now because you're not talking also, you know? So like if you keep yeah. it entertaining and you riff and stuff, like it can be long. Like I listen to them. I really enjoy them. and just like break it up from my own thing. But if there's like a part one and part two, I'm going to be like, okay, well, you know, I got to listen at separate times when really I could just decide when you know, when I want to listen to right. it. And, stuff, but. and that was my logic behind it too. I was like, well, nobody's telling you to sit down and listen to it all at once. I mean, yeah. if you have to put it in parts, like while you're driving in the car, you know, you're, you're commuting to a town or to wherever work is, or I mean, mm-hmm. nobody's commuting right now, but you know, when people were commuting, uh, yeah. you know, what are, what are cars? Minutes to work. <laughs> what are cars? Who, what, are cars? what are these things? <laughs> but like, if you take, you know, 45 minutes to get to work, then listen to 45 minutes of it. When you come back, if you want to listen to the next 45 minutes on your way home, then that's fine. But yeah. then I do think that anything over two hours is too long, personally, for like, yeah. me, which is why I had yeah. to cut Danny's podcast episode into two, because it, the sucker was like almost three hours. And I was like, ah. and that was after I cut out a lot of stuff. <laughs> Like at one point we we're talking about dollar store bacon. I'm not even kidding. I need to post that story somewhere. Like there, that needs to be posted at some point. I don't know why, but it, that story is hilarious. Like we were sitting put here put talking about dollar music. store bacon. Put it to so music funny. and then do like a remix. Like the dollar store bacon. That'd be awesome. I'm here for that. But yeah, and so. <laughs> bacon. it's never gonna die it's never gonna die <laughs> same thing with me saying gee golly that keeps coming back up too i think at the end of her episode i was like yes we're gonna stop it right there because um it's incredibly long and i don't want you guys to have to sit here for like four hours or something and then i said but gee golly we were really flapping our lips or something or i was like what am i like from the 50s like who's busting out with big golly and flapping our lips like what is this you know like it was it happens. so funny it happens <laughs> sometimes but people yeah, say so, things but yeah you know? no that'd be so cool oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry i went my head just immediately went back to to the six figure guys and you talking yeah. to them which is so cool and then you recommending me and cinnamon but i like cinnamon's episodes a lot too because i feel like they're very like specific in topics i don't feel mm-hmm. like i'm very specific in topic i'm just kind of like eh, whatever we talk about what we talk about and that's yeah. great but yeah. i also think it allows people to tell more of what they want to share versus it being like i want you to talk about one specific topic and if we mm-hmm. exhaust that then there's no room to move right. Not not that Cinnamon's podcast is like that because it's not her 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 episodes are actually really great and I yeah really I really enjoy it them. even as like editor for them I really enjoy listening to them like even like and I listen to them a lot because you know it takes a while to go through <laughs> and edit podcasts <laughs> yeah but even just listening to them I'm, I was like oh yeah this is such great information and then it just kind of you know sticks and it's great but 
Sorry, my life is just random now. It's, I mean, my life was pretty random before, but it's like extra random now. I, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what to do with myself half the time. I'm just like, we're just making it up. I'll, yeah, hopefully. You know, making it up. I won't die. Make it up as we go along, you know, do the best we just can. Keep smiling. Just keep it's smiling. Just, it's fine. <laughs> it's weird. It's like, you know, we've been in isolation for a year, but I've actually made more friends this year and done more things this year and it is crazy it's totally insane like i met all y'all through the omni sound project and yeah that's right i have a lot of friends in the women in audio community and stuff and so like it's just been a weird year we keep saying women in audio community like is there like a is there a facebook group or something that i'm missing oh there's that- so many so many facebook groups is that I like what you're I- talking about yeah. Are you talking about like Facebook groups? Or are you like just me, like just the ambiguous world of women in audio? The world. But yes. Okay. Facebook groups. Okay. I, I just want you to talk- be specific. Huh? <laughs> you want to talk about my Facebook group? <laughs> oh my God. You have a Facebook group? I do have, you have a, a Discord. I do not have a Discord, but I have a Facebook group. I have a Discord myself. Like I can join, but I don't have one for the group. Uh, maybe I you should. should create a discord you know what maybe i should maybe we should all just have a discord group i don't know why yeah. i'm yelling that but whatever <laughs> i join your group tell me about your facebook groups i'm just gonna pretend like i didn't say any of that and <laughs> so i have i have a facebook group called mixing it up and it is for women and gender non-conforming folks who want help with their mixes so you can post your your mix for the group to listen to. And then you get feedback from all the people in the community on what you could do better. We also do education and I created like a STEM club. So on Friday, I post stems that you can use to practice and you can post those mixes if you don't want to pick, post your own music. And then we give feedback on it. And what I love about it is every other group I'm in is like, don't post your work, no self-promotion. Don't post your work. Don't post, you can't post your songs. And so I really wanted to create a group where you could post your music and people would listen and help you. And I, so far as pretty, we got like 200 members or something. That's cool. But yeah, everybody's welcome to join it. It's pretty fun. Who are women and non. Gender non-conforming and women. Yeah. No, basically no cis males. Basically. That's it. Okay. So I have a question about that and I, and I don't want this to sound rude. Okay. Oh no. Bring it on genuinely want to know why why those two particular groups because i mean i understand that obviously women are a minority in audio i understand Mm -hmm. that and i understand that i believe to my understanding the lgbt i don't remember all the other acronyms it's so long and i don't remember it it's so long don't worry about it but that group of people are also minorities in audio as well, right? Because mm-hmm. audio is mostly made up of white males, cisgendered. So I'm gonna go yeah. with that, cisgendered males, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if so, it's the idea that you want to encourage all minorities in audio who aren't males, or is because I mean, even if you're, because if you're gender non-conforming, that has nothing to do with your biological birth make your, up your gender given at birth yeah 
Thank you. I was like, I don't know the right words. It's okay. I've got you. I'm trying, I got to, you. I'm trying to work out a thought here. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I'm saying it right. Normally I would have thought of this idea and then written it out multiple times to get it right. <laughs> but I'm making it up on the fly. So I'm trying to, to no, express what good. I want to say without being I got, wrong. I got you. Okay. So then, so then how do you, so then if, is that the idea then that you wanted to basically encourage minority groups in general versus it just being that particular standard? Well, I think that I try really hard not to group the LGBTQ community in with women's groups because I feel like women's issues are women's issues and queer issues are queer issues. And I feel like they get uh, mixed in a lot. Yeah. My studio focuses on both women and the queer community, but my group does not because I want, I, I really do feel like women's issues are women's issues. And you know, I want people who identify as women or are gender neutral to have a safe space to to have their music listened to. And I just feel like I'm in a lot of, you know, I, I've been, I've left a lot of um, audio communities that have everyone, just anybody can join. And the comments from the men are horrible most of the time. Sometimes they're good. I like the six-figure community because I go on there and just smile because all the yeah. boys, they're so sweet. They really are. Absolutely. Most women feel more comfortable sharing and being vulnerable around other women because we don't say, oh, I watched your YouTube video. Are you really playing the guitar? Oh, I watched. Did you really mix this? You know, stuff like that. And so I do it mostly to, yes, encourage minorities and audio to feel safer, but I also do it so that, you know, you don't have to deal with any of those comments and people can put whatever they want and not have to be, you know, bullied a little bit for doing something really vulnerable, like posting a mix when you've only been mixing for two weeks, you know, or whatever it is, you know? Sure. But yeah, and I, and I try to, you know, I'm in communities that are on Facebook groups that are just the LGBTQ centered stuff. And I, I like that there's a separation because, you know, there should be, there, there are different issues. And I also feel like women's groups have to be more welcoming. Whereas the groups that are dominated by men, they don't, oh, they're not, they don't have to say, oh, this is a group for only men and LGBTQ and gender nonconforming. And I feel like, you know, women's groups get kind of pushed into that a little bit where they're they're pushed to be more welcoming and accepting of everyone. But I think that it's okay. I think it's okay to have just communities that are women. I think that that's fine. And I think that um, there's okay to have just communities that are the queer community. So I don't know. That's that's my thought on it, I guess. <laughs> I guess as a as a, a follow-up thought to that then, do you think it I don't know if necessary is the right word, but I'm going to use it because I can't think of a better word right now. So do you think it's necessary to have a similar concept, but like with race then? Like having groups that are specifically dedicated to like blacks and audio or Hispanics and audio or et cetera, et cetera. I think that that would be great. And I think that, you know, there, every community deserves a community of people who have the same experiences as them. So if you're, if you start a Facebook group, that's, you know, black women in audio, I think that's great. And I would never like try to join or get upset about not being able to be invited because 
everyone's experiences are completely different. As a queer person, my experience is different. As a woman, my experience is different. And as you know, a person of color, your exp- experience is going to be different. And I think it's great to have spaces where you can go into that space and not have to deal with, you know, somebody saying something or the worst is, you know, expecting a person of a community to be the spokesperson for the entire community and tell you how to be better. Yeah. And that shit's exhausting. And I don't think that Mm -hmm. I think that you should have one space in your life that's free from that shit. I really do, you know, and. And I don't think that it's exclusionary. But like I said, you know, it's always women's groups that are seem to have the you have to accept everybody and you have to be, you know. Right. I would say the one thing that that I don't think it should be is white people in audio. I think that's very wrong. I, I don't think that they should do that. Um, so if you do that, you're just a racist. And, uh, you know, but I think that you can have other groups if you want. But yeah, I, I I kind of like sit on the fence because I try to be PC about it and I try to be really welcoming. But, you know, I just feel like I think women's groups often get that you have to accept everybody and groups that are predominantly men, they don't care at all. And so right. you're like, well, if I have a women's group, I have to say it's open to queer people. It's like, no, you don't. You know what I mean? And, you know, I don't know. That's just kind of my thoughts on the whole yeah. thing. No, I get that. Now, I I want to allow for you to explain why you feel like, you know, having a white male group is racist. Like if you decided, like if somebody came up and they were like, I'm going to have an all white male Facebook group where we talked about audio and why you think that if you if you want to explain it. Yeah, let's you see. You don't have to. Just, if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, it's fine. I mean, I get it, but I just want to allow you... Sure. Do you. Because anything that's like only white people, come on, man. Like, just don't do that. I I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, there's no such thing as reverse racism, first of all. Like, no such thing. Like, if you're a person of color, you cannot be a racist against white people because the power is being held by, you know, in, in, it's being the the privilege, not the power. The privilege is being held by a white person. So if you're a person in privilege, you do not need a group that says, "Hey, I have privilege." If you're in a, if you're in a non privileged, and I'm not talking about privilege like this is how you you grew up poor, so you're not privileged. I'm talking about your fight isn't just what you look like walking down the street. You automatically have privilege when. You are a person that nobody interrupts when you're a person that is safe driving a car, when you're a person that has no rights stripped from them whatsoever in any way, you're a person of privilege. And if you have that privilege in your life, you don't need a you don't need a safe space Facebook group. You just don't. So don't do it. I I don't know. That's the best way I can describe it. Like I have privileges and I have, you know, some, I, some I don't, you know, I'm, I wasn't allowed to get married until 2014, you know, things like that, that, you know, are not privileged, but I'm a white person. So I have lots of privilege. I don't have to feel scared in the ways, you know, if I see a police, police officer, I don't get scared, you know, so like, I don't need a group that says, 
white ladies, you know, I don't need that, you know? Right. Because what's my, what, what's my oppression as a cis male, white, sorry, cis white male, what's my oppression that I need a safe space for? Does that make sense? No, I get you. Okay. I understand what you're saying. I don't know if I would have said it that way, but I get what you're saying. Um, I just, I, I just wanted to allow you to explain it because I know that there are a lot of people out there who they don't understand this concept. They don't understand why people want to make certain groups specific to only these types of people and why they can't in return do the same thing amongst their own group of people mm-hmm. for certain situations. Obviously there, there, there's this varies depending on who you are, what the group is, et cetera. But I also know that, like, for me, I do have a decent demographic of white males who listen to this. Mm-hmm. They're usually of the age range of uh, 35 to 50, mm-hmm. if I remember my analytics correctly. And so I know that that's also the group of people who also, even if they don't outwardly say it, I know that they do wonder about that particular topic as to why it's racist or considered not okay for them to do certain things like create an all white male Facebook group Mm -hmm. or discord group or whatever, and have that be like the center of, of the world, you know, not center of the world, the, uh, a space for them to be able to talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah. But every uh, group that's every group, every group is already a white male dominated group. And you could say whatever you want because you've been doing it forever. And what I would say is I would encourage you that if you don't want this, the separation and you want more people to join your groups that aren't focused on one thing, that you maybe think twice about putting certain comments. I was in a group. I'm not going to say what the name of the group was. I was reading through a thread and somebody asked a question about whether or not they should work with someone who was known around town for sexually assaulting a woman and whether that would damage their reputation. The thread throughout the entire thing was, well, she's probably a liar, not audio related at all, just trashing this woman who no one knows and saying these really horrible things. And so it's like, if you want women to continue to want to be in the spaces where you are, you have to think about what you're saying before you say it. And the more welcoming that the men in this industry are, the more that we won't need the safe spaces groups. And if you want to feel like, oh, well, I just need a space to say horrible things about women and people of color and gay community. Think about that. You know, why do you feel that you need a space to do that? You know, really look into yourself and say, maybe I just shouldn't say that. Or maybe I could talk to somebody about why I feel that way and then make the changes that are appropriate. And like, I understand that some people are really religious or they have their own views on the queer community. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Like, you can believe it a rock. Just don't throw it at me. You know, uh, yeah. I don't care what you do in your life. And I don't think that 
you know, anything that you do is wrong or your beliefs are wrong. And as long as you don't feel the need to like attack somebody else for who they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's my little PSA. <laughs> little PSA, just throwing it out there. Um, no, I think that's, I think that that is, I think that's, I think that's a great way of putting it. I think that what you said makes sense. I get where you're coming from and I am here for it. All right. So cool. Yeah. It got a little serious there. Yeah. So no, you're good. <laughs> I mean, I, but also that's part of this. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I mean, I know that I like to have fun and stuff like that, but also there are real issues that need to be talked about as well. Like the whole point of having a podcast dedicated to minorities and audio is to talk about the minorities and their lives in audio. And if you are struggling with, you know, trying to find a safe group to be a part of so that way you can learn and grow with other people, then that's part of it. If yeah. you're, you know, if you, I, I also, right quick before I forget, because I want to say this too, I don't know what the world of audio looks like in other countries. I've never worked in other countries. So I do want to say that my experiences about the world of audio and the way that I take what you're saying is in the context of North America. So, and that includes Canada in, in my mind. So that mm -hmm. includes Canada and North America, uh, United States. So that's what I think of when I think of these particular topics. I know that in some ways that does extend to sort of more of like the Western world and, and, and a, as a whole. Mm -hmm. So some of these principles do extend to like the UK, Australia and those places. But I, but I, I've never worked in those places, so I can't say that in its totality, but that's where I sort of put the headspace in. So that way people aren't like, oh, well, I live, because I do have a, a large following in India, surprisingly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a lot of people in India who listen to this podcast. So I don't want people in India to be like, ah, oh, well, it's all like this over here. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I never worked over there. I don't know exactly what your <laughs> culture is like in yeah. terms of the world of audio over there. So I don't know about that. but. And if it is different, that's fine. I just want to give people the framework of understanding that this is coming from a perspective of somebody who's, and I'm assuming that that's also yeah. the way that you're talking about it as well, yes. is that we're yeah. coming from a place of, yes, we are in America. Yes, this is kind of extended to North America. And then also by extension, the Western world as a whole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Since those are primarily white nations yeah make up what's quote-unquote the western world right yeah i believe all the countries that are the western world is canada america australia the uk and i feel like i'm missing a couple others but yeah i think that's like the definition of like the western world yeah 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 i agree with that but yeah i'm, I'm talking from that perspective i live in the united states i've lived in a lot of the united states and i've been to almost every state but there are states that I won't go to because I don't feel safe going there, you know? So there is that, you know, I grew up in a Southern Baptist family. When I came out to my mom, she didn't talk to me for like six months. So she's better now. She came to my wedding. She's totally growing as a person. I love it every day. But like, you know, people's experiences are different. And I think it's just good to like, just the more people that you talk to and ask them what their experiences are, I think the more that you'll grow as a person and be more accepting of people. I mean, there's a lot of things I don't know about. So I think just like being open to having conversations with people who aren't like you is really important. And I think that there 
there could be a more welcoming attitude from the men in the, the audio industry. And I think they just don't know, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't, they don't know. They say, well, you know, men can be sluts too. Why do we got to change it? That's sensitive, silly, you know, but they don't like yeah. think about what is the harm in changing it if it feels harmful to so many people. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I could sit here and fill your entire two hour pod. That was super weird. Okay. Finish <laughs> the sentence though. You could sit here and fill my entire two hours. <laughs> I said, I could sit here and fill your entire two hour podcast with stories from my clients of how badly they were treated by men. And that's why they work with me. I feel like I have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like that's a, I think that's more common than people would like to believe. But I also think that there are a lot of people out there who are not of that mindset, who are white males in America, mm -hmm. in the world, who who aren't those people. So I also yeah. don't want to like, I, yeah, I, no. I, I just want we're people gonna... to realize that we're not demonizing anybody. No. It's just like, there, th there's a reason why these sort of things exist. And it's mm -hmm. not because of a handful of people. Right. People are like, oh, it's always just a handful. It's This is not one of those handful situations. This is mm -hmm. a larger portion than. Right. We would prefer to yeah. exist, you know, and like I know, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to not all men it right now. Not all men. <laughs> but, you know, I have a client I'm working on a record with now. Cis white male. Awesome dude. Loves working with me. We have a great time. You know, I've. I have a, I have a brother and a dad and cousins and, you know, I've met a lot of wonderful, amazing men in my life, but I've also had other experiences too. And, you know, it's like the, I'm not trying to demonize. I'm trying to make them think about it. Yes. You know, like yes. think, just think about it. And a lot of the times, you know, people don't want to hear what they could do better or what they're doing wrong. And I think that if people are listening to this podcast, they probably, first of all, are in the right mindset because they're listening to women talk to each other. And I think that that's wonderful. That's a great first step listening to this podcast. Definitely. It shows that you want, you have the want to change and you have the want to be inclusive. And I think that that's wonderful because that goes a long way. And if you're in any of those groups and you see other men talking that way, shut them down. You know, don't make us stand up for ourselves all the time. Or, you know, if we're not in the room and somebody says something, say, hey, man, that's not cool. And that's how you can be, you know, an ally and make change because, you know, we're not going to be able to do it by ourselves. And, uh, you know, I think that it's great that there are men listening to this that want that change. And now they have a whole half an hour of how they can change because I gave them a little lecture. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I you mean, have the tools. You have the tools. Don't have the resources you know. here. Yeah, look, we're we're giving it up to you on a silver platter for free. Okay, Spoon you don't even have to pay. This is here for you for free. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I um <laughs> I love that first off, and I also think that that. And that's a large part of why I like my podcast so much. I know, like, I'm totally biased, and that's okay. But I, I love it because I, I do want people to be able to have moments where they can encourage people to think outside of 
what they're normally used to thinking about. And I do like having the fact that not all of my people think the same mm-hmm. and that we don't all think the same amongst each other. And so it's like, yeah, we're all in a similar world and we all are trying to, we all come from similar experiences in some regards, but the way that we handle them, the way we treat them, the way we think about them, they do stem from different places. And so I mm-hmm. think it's, it's nice to be like, let's talk about it. So for example, like, I don't know a ton about like the LGBT world. Like I am not like out here, like being like, we should, you know, stone you all to death or something, you know, like that's, <laughs> Like, that's definitely not my mindset. <laughs> I think I would so find that out. That and, <laughs> I would find that out in like the first five minutes. You'd be like, so quick. It's all about this. Um, oh, you have a wife? Bye. No. Um, oh, so sorry. Yeah. Gotta go. Uh, yeah, no, so I'm not a person, but I also don't know a ton of like, I don't, I don't necessarily like, I mean, I've been trying to like understand better because it's been more, it's been put out there more recently about uh, on a, on a, on a bigger platform than sort of like the smaller groups that had been talking about these things prior. Like it's Mm -hmm. definitely more, I don't want to say mainstream because that sounds, I don't know if that's the right word, but maybe more mainstream becoming more mainstream insert correct words. Yeah. Yeah. The point is, is that I've been learning more, even though I don't know a ton about it and I don't understand some of the lingo. I don't understand some of the terminology that's been coming out and why and how that's supposed to be used in certain mm-hmm. contexts and stuff like that, right? And so I'll be the first one to admit that I am not an expert on that. I don't know. I don't I don't quite understand all of it. I'm trying, but I'm not like that's not like something that I like is my forte. So when I get to hear other people talk about it, I've learned more. Like um mm-hmm. I had another girl, Brittany, who talked about it as well. Um and and she gave me more tools and more understanding and talking with you gave me more tools and more understanding. Right. So I think that that's like sort of the bigger point of it all is to just be able to have a place where you can start giving people bigger, like more ideas to think outside the box. Yeah. Because like if you surround yourself with only your community and your family and your group of friends, you can't learn about, different things and different cultures and different people. And if you can't learn, how do you know how to be more accepting and encouraging and, and a valuable ally? Like you, you have to immerse yourself in something, right? Like if you want to learn to speak another language, you can get on your computer and try to learn. But the best way to learn is to go to that country and immerse yourself in the language. Right. So, you know, and I think that people, I, I don't know, you just have to be open. That's the best thing that you can do is just be open and know that you're going to get things wrong. Like I'm, I get things wrong all the time. Like I try my hardest to be a person that understands different topics. Like I'm a huge feminist. I still learn things about feminism, you know? So it's, it's just about talking, the more people that you talk to and the more open you can be. And curving your reaction so if somebody says something to you and you're like oh i'm so offended because you said that and it's a personal attack and you get really mad and you storm off you're never gonna learn so if somebody says something and you're like well i don't quite like that but Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take a breath and ask them why they think that way and then maybe we'll have 
you know, a conversation about it. Because I do that with my mom all the time. Her political beliefs and mine are completely different. But we still talk about it for like, we could talk about politics for an hour because I never yell. And I never get mad. And I never tell her she's an idiot. You know, so I think that those are the things. And people get so obsessed with, well, I'm right. That if they just like took a moment and really listen to somebody else, I think it would it would change their whole world. And it also makes relationships easier. If you are a person who's known to not have huge reactions when someone comes to you with something heavy, people will talk to you more and people will be more honest with you. And it's it's such an important part about being a human being. I'm on my soapbox. <laughs> no, you're fine. I feel like I I feel like I have these kind of conversations. I was going to say with myself a lot, but then that sounds like I talk to myself a lot. But I do talk to myself a lot because that's how I work through things. <laughs> but I'm not crazy. It's fine. But like, I, I feel like that's a very common thing that like, I had to learn how to be better about communicating. I'm not the best communicator. I'm not the best with words, obviously. I start and stop sentences a lot. <laughs> However... <laughs> I do try to be as thorough as I can. Sometimes that doesn't come out as well as I think that it should in my head. Like sometimes in my head, it, it came out way better. And then I said it out loud and I was like, that is not what was in my mind at all. We're going to redo this. Okay. Don't get mad at that. We're going to pause it and we're going to start <laughs> over again. And so since that's something that happens a lot for me, I had to be very conscientious about learning how to be better about communicating, better about understanding how to talk to people. Now, I'm a naturally loud person, so people think that I'm yelling a lot when I'm not. So that was something that I had to learn how to deal with and communicate well with people and able to communicate well with people, right? Like those, that was a thing. And so I think that a lot of the things that people that you're talking about in terms of regards to, to this particular topic is learning how to be a better communicator and learning how to listen to what people say, not hear what people say. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. hearing is just a physical action. Listening is taking it in and processing it. And so I think that's, that's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, like, as, like, as a skill, it's a skill. It's a, it's a thing you have to learn how to do. It's not like you listen naturally. People don't listen naturally. I mean, some people do, and that's great, but not everybody does. And so if you're not naturally a listener, you, it, it would behoove one to learn how to be a better listener mm -hmm. and how to be better at communicating. Seriously, somebody has to ring the doorbell right now? Hold on a second. <laughs> now, I don't remember what my thought process was because you were talking about, about you, you're talking about being a good communicator. And I think it's also important to do what you did earlier. You said, okay, I want you to explain why or I think I understand you. I think I hear you, but can you go into depth and explain why? And that's a great way to communicate because it stops people and then they have to go, oh, let me think about what I want to say to make sure that I'm coming across across clear instead of just blowing up, be like, what? You said that? Screw you. I hate you. I'm out of here. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute. Can you explain why you think that way? And then you can maybe understand that they do think similarly to you. It's just that their words are not the same words that you would have chosen. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I've come across that a lot as well. So like, 
it, I think it's really easy to get upset, but it's quite difficult to be understanding. Like understanding is not an easy thing to, 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 to ex- administer, to be out here in the world. Just understanding mm-hmm. folks. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> man, look at us. We just took all the turns. <laughs> so how do you go about, how do you go about doing research about understanding the world of audio that we live in, in terms of like wanting to be diverse in it, in terms of wanting to be encouraging and understanding just like the landscape of the world that we've kind of put ourselves into. I mean, we've put ourselves in audio. It's like somebody shoved us into it, right? <laughs> so we've decided to be this, this was a chosen career path. So how do you go about like informing yourself of the landscape of the world of audio then? So I think that, okay. If you don't, if you want to know the landscape, you just go to uh, the internet and you type in mixed tutorial video and you scroll and you scroll through a hundred thousand men teaching it. And then you go, okay, well, uh, I don't really want to, I'll go to sound better and see if there's any mastering or mixing engineers or producers. And you scroll through and you see three women out of 3000 people in there and you go, well, that's weird. And then you start noticing it. And so then you say, oh, I want to get into audio engineering. So I'm going to join this Facebook group and it's all men. There's no women in the group. Like it starts to be really apparent really fast. But if you are a, if you're a man and you want to learn about how to be better, there's great things that you can do. Seek out women YouTubers, seek out and, and leave nice comments. That's the great way to do it because if you read them, they're not great. Seek out women who are doing guitar or drums or something and just putting that out there or singer-songwriters. Leave them nice comments. And I'm not saying your comment shouldn't give them any unsolicited advice, no unsolicited advice whatsoever, and your comment should not be anything about their appearance. So I would like to challenge Every man listening to this podcast to go this week to a woman on YouTube who's doing audio or instrument and leave them a nice comment that has no unsolicited advice and nothing about their parents. See if you can do it. That'll be your challenge for the week. But those are things you can do. Just start supporting women in the industry in that way by just going and watching their stuff and liking their stuff and listening to podcasts like this. I'm not really a comment surfer because um, comments are the devil. (laughs) in some cases and I know that I can be a sensitive person I I don't like when people write mean things and I would never like I don't understand how people could like go to somebody's comment section and write something awful I have no idea but what I want to know is why is it so bad for someone to write hey I saw that you were mixing this way have you ever thought about mixing it that way like why is that because that's considered unsolicited advice. So mm-hmm. why is that considered uh, a no-no? So it's a it's in your approach, though. Okay. I would say if you were like, hey, I saw that you used EQ before compression. I always use compression after EQ. What's better? Or, hey, I saw that you sweeped this many hertz off of your kick drum. You should try boosting this because it sounds cool is different than let's see 
I'm trying to think of ones that I've read recently. It's like, it's different than, hey, you know, if you want your mix to sound better, I could give you a lesson. Or, hey, if you want to be a better guitar player, you should hold your hand differently. Hey, if you want your YouTube video to be better, I would smile more. Yeah. You, I, oh, you know, they were... I saw one the other day. I was on Instagram and this woman, she has like 10,000 followers or something. And she put for International Women's Day this big long diatribe about, you know, smash the patriarchy basically is what it said. But it was like really well written and like about women in music and all this stuff. And there were 57 comments about how they liked her pink hair. And I went, did you even... Did you even hear what she was saying about, yeah. you know, and that's the kind of stuff that like really gets to me. And so, you know, I think I cut my comment was this stuff will really change when a woman shouts smash the patriarchy and nobody comments on her hair. I think that was my comment on the on the Instagram post. But yeah, there's different you can engage with people like, hey, have you thought about have you tried this plug in? I see that you're using Isotope RX-8. Have you tried such and such Isotope elements? You know, that kind of stuff's fun. That's engaging comments. That's, I'm interested in what you're doing, but like offering people a lesson or telling them like, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that because it sounded really bad or this one a lot. Are you really playing the guitar? Yeah. Are are you really playing the drums? And this, And it starts to get, it really starts to get into your head. And so I'm the same t- same way. I won't read my comments if I don't have to, but, you know, I'm starting up a YouTube channel and, you know, I like to read the comments because so far it's, you know, my inner circle watching me. What do I have? Like yeah. 55 views. So I don't mind reading the <laughs> comments right now, but if it ever gets big, I'm going to be like, dang, I'm, I'm scared. What if somebody says something and, you know, it's mean. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I like my comment section now. I mean, I don't really have that many comments. I think like usually I have like on average two. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I'm not going to lie. I just, it's the truth. And so I understand like, I think that like if I like if like if this podcast got large enough, like let's say I, I, I ended up with like a million subscribers, right? I ain't reading the comments. I'm not going to lie because I know that I would be too sensitive. And I also know that trolls are out there Mm -hmm. and I don't need that like swaying me from doing what I'm doing because I know that there are people out there who like it. Now I'll probably have somebody filter through those comments and tell me, you know, is there a general, is there genuine critique of the show? If so, what is it? Mm -hmm. I also, that's also why I personally though created a viewer, like listener, viewer, nobody's watching this right now (laughs) a listener submission form for through my website so if you want to leave me like ever like a personal review like hey i really like your podcast or like you know like talk about like do you is the audio quality good across all platforms i try to make sure that it is but sometimes that like some platforms fall through the cracks because i didn't even know they existed right (laughs) yeah but my podcast is on them you know or like Questions like that, like, uh, you know, is there something about the show that you don't like that I should know, like, because it's a general thing or if it's just like people trolling. But since I put it in a 
form, then it's easier to sift through them. Yeah. And have other people sift through them for you. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I, that's why I've set that sort of thing in place for me. Cause I do want genuine con- critique, but I don't want you to just tell me, Oh my God, your voice is annoying. Mm-hmm. Why do you do that? Because that's how I talk. Shut up and leave me alone. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me, you know? So I don't want stuff like that, but. Well, the microphone was designed for male voices. And so early, early, uh, early radio, they wouldn't allow women on because they said that the microphone wasn't designed for them and that their voices sounded shrill. And you still get that a lot. You still get a lot of people who I don't like women's voices. And it's like my dream, like my entrepreneurial dream is to build a microphone that is specifically designed for the female voice. Oh my God. Can we do that together? Yeah. You with me and my math degree and my love of designing things. Yeah. I'm so definitely cool. looking for a, a partner in this adventure because I think it's a million dollars, like easy million dollars right now. I'm here. Yeah. I'm right here. Yeah. I'm so right we got to get like a backer. and. But oh that my way, God. Like, I freaking would love that. Oh my God. That'd be so much fun. Oh, yes. I would love that too. I, we could come up with a cool name for it. Like something cool i can't think of anything i don't know what it would be right now but it would be like something awesome yeah but yeah no i i've always thought about that as well like i was like how is it that like like okay so like for me because when i was younger i didn't like women's voices either also didn't like my own voice Mm -hmm. i thought that my voice was too high pitched now i don't actually like naturally talking i don't have a super high pitched voice it's pretty you know average in terms of like frequencies and stuff like that but it's not like super high pitch and it's not super low. But I always wondered about that, like especially when it came time for me to like search for microphones for me to use for my podcast, because I was like when I was young, because when I was younger, I didn't like the sound of my voice and I didn't like the sound of women's voices because I did always view them as shrill. But I viewed them as shrill because people around me told me that women's voices were shrill. Mm-hmm. And so I internalized that and thinking, that's why I didn't like women fronted rock bands or musical groups, particularly rock bands when I was younger. Um, R&B singers are a little different for me, but if they were like in a band, like rock and roll band mm-hmm. or a country band, mm-hmm. I always thought their voices were incredibly like grating on the nerves. But it's because I'd been told that for years that women's voices in those particular genres we're grinding on the nerves. Mm-hmm. So I internalized that. But then I got older and I realized that that's absolutely stupid. And like, <laughs> I like went to college and like, we're like sitting here singing and I'm like, oh my God, there's voices are so beautiful. What am I talking about? And so then I had to like realize why I thought that. And I really had to reverse that thinking mm-hmm. because in actuality, I don't think that women's voices are shrill. I don't think people's women's voices are annoying. I mean, sometimes they are like those women who do like baby talk. Like, what's up? Oh, yeah. Anybody who does baby talk or like they're, they're on a show, right? <laughs> no, this is my number one thing. This is anybody. Like they have the little, like, you know, little pal, uh, clip microphone and they're trying to be nice. And so they have a big smile and they're like, so, and you like hear, and you have to leave that S in. Yeah. And you're like, you have to leave it in. And you're like, what? And they're like, and you're just like, I'm going to die. I have to turn my TV off because I'm an audio engineer and I hear that shit and I want to die. I like can't, I like, I'm turning it down. You can't see me with the remote on the podcast, but yeah, I'm like turning it down, smashing There's that button. Remote. <laughs> can't handle no, I'm that. I'm with you on that. 
can't, I can't handle, handle it. it either. And I don't understand people. I don't mix that stuff out. But wait, whatever. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I can't tell people how to do their job. But I'm just. I always wonder why they don't filter that out. Like I. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's live, but I thought there was like a five second delay. But at some point, shouldn't you start mixing in such a way? Yeah, but I don't know. But yeah. I'm not in broadcasting like that, so it's just a general question for yeah. the world out there. Yeah. If you know the answer, please let me know. Yeah, leave it in why the comments. Why don't they edit that out? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Okay. But yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Like that, or like the people who are like, oh my God, it's so great to meet you. Why? Like, why are you talking to God? Like, I feel like people be like destroying their vocal cords. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I grew up in Southern California, so I'm used to like, oh my God. Like, I just, you know, it happened a Look, lot. I grew up in Texas. We ain't doing that. Like, I don't, I don't, like, I know we do that as like a joke. Because we make fun of people from California, especially since Californians <laughs> love to come to Texas now. I'm like, no, go back to California. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. You can come to. I went. I went California, Arizona, Seattle, Washington, Durham, North Carolina. So I've hopped. Oh, I, I was in Detroit for a year. Oh, look at you! That was I the was, worst. I was in DF Dub, mm-hmm. and then I was in Austin. Mm-hmm. Get out! I would love to. <laughs> Life just didn't work out that way for me. No, I know. I'm so, teasing you. I'm teasing. Uh, no, I was I was actually supposed to go study abroad in Australia when Ooh. I was in college, but then my grandmother got sick, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't want her to die," and I'm like, not able to come back, you know, because of schooling and stuff, and so I ended up not going. But that's not really the point. The point is, <laughs> however, is that in the future I do want to move to another place. That is not Texas. I've been here my whole life. I love Texas with all my heart. It's not like I want to leave because I don't love Texas. Uh, I think Texas is still one of like, I think Texas is like the best state ever. Okay. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I am biased and I'm okay with it. Uh, so there's no need to try to convince me that any other state is better than Texas because I'm never going to believe you. Okay. Let's just, just don't even try. But I would like to go. I would like to go to North Carolina, by the way, or South Carolina. What are the Carolinas? I actually really wanted to go to Duke when I was a kid. When I was a kid, when I was first going to college, I wanted mm-hmm. to go there and study. But Duke doesn't allow like a percentage of people. They only allow like 5% of people from like outside, outside of the state. Yeah. It's Carolina a really, to actually yeah. get in. So, well, I have a guest room and a studio. And if you're ever in this area, you know, I'll put you up and I'll drive you to the Duke campus. And we'll, Driver. Oh my god, that'd be so much fun. <laughs> I would be so here for that. Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to I like visiting people. So don't tell me I come visit you and then don't meet Oh no, you just just for like the people out there, not even just you, for anybody. <laughs> don't tell me I come visit you and then don't mean it because I will show up one day and I don't want you to be like, I didn't actually want you to come. <laughs> Same. If you tell me to visit, I'm probably gonna come. But yeah, just visit me. Yeah, I'm, I have a whole other room. I plan on I, I plan on there. coming to Austin soon. I've made a lot of great Austin friends, so I'm planning on coming out there pretty soon. After you know all the vaccinations and we're safe to be out in the world again, I'm definitely coming out you that way. All that stuff, yeah. But don't come in the summer because it's way too hot. Oh yeah, don't do summer. I know some people who come during the summer and they're like, "Oh my god, it's 110 degrees," and I'm like, "Yeah, this is what we live with." Like you wake up early. You know, yeah. you do what you got to do before it gets too hot, yeah. which is usually by like 10 uh, in the morning. After that, you stay in the house all day. Yeah. You just do until about seven and then you go out again. Mm-hmm. I spent nine years in Tucson, Arizona. So 
I get it. I don't know what Tucson, Arizona is like. I mean, other than it's a desert and and they have cactus. Hot AF. (laughs) Sorry, that's how it's so hot. Tucson, they have cactus. Tucson's (laughs) awesome. Okay, okay. Visit Tucson if you I'm, can. I, there's, there's more. There's more there. I know that. Yeah. But I was thinking, I said cactus and it made me think of that song, There Ain't No Saguaros in Texas. <laughs> yeah. By, oh gosh, I've got the name of the band that, that quickly. The Heat, Chili Heat? I don't remember. Anyways, that's the name of the song. And that song is hilarious to me. I'll check it and out. And so I was trying to tell you what the song, I was trying to tell you what I knew about Tucson, but then that song started <laughs> playing in my head and I just was like, There Ain't No Saguaros in Texas. <laughs> And then I just done. I was done. <laughs> Anyways, tell me about Tucson. Uh, what's their What's the world like? Tucson's rad. That's the best way. It's the most underrated place ever. Really? Yeah. It's got awesome food, awesome music scene, uh, a lot of really cool nature and hikes, and it has a uh, desert museum and all kinds of stuff. It's a really cool place to visit. Don't go to Phoenix. Phoenix is like the butthole of America. And I don't care if anyone listening to this is from Phoenix and they're mad at me, they can die mad because I hate Phoenix. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why do you hate Phoenix so much? It's like LA on fire. So everyone's pretentious. Not everyone. Not everyone who lives there. Uh, They're pretentious and they're mean and they wear their ponytails too tight on their heads. And they're just, it's just an awful place with lots of concrete and it's 125 degrees in the summer with all concrete. So, Ugh. I mean, I could do Texas, but we also don't have concrete everywhere. Yeah. That's Tucson doesn't either. That's why it's a little better. Tucson's 10 degrees cooler than Phoenix just because of the lack of concrete. Wow. Ugh. And it's only 99 miles apart. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. That's so crazy. I know that like when we were in, when I went to go visit New York, now I'm not, I haven't lived anywhere else, but I've visited a lot of places in the States. So I'm not like uncultural <laughs> to the world around me. But when we went to New York, it, it snowed and I've never been, I mean, I've been in snow, but I haven't been like in snow. <laughs> I mean, I've been to, oh, let me rephrase that. I've never been in New York snow because New mm. York snow is different, especially in New York City. And it was really weird because it was like, if you were walking on one street, there was no wind. You turn on another street and all of a sudden there's all the wind. It was the weirdest thing. And it's because of all the tall buildings and depending on how the wind is blowing, going down the streets and stuff. And I was just like, this is the strangest thing. Like I've never been in a place where the nature that you're in is so heavily dependent on the buildings, like in terms of wind blowing, in terms of in some places, like if you were in the city because of the smog and the heat and stuff, it wouldn't snow on top of the city. It would snow around the city. Oh, that's interesting. Right. While we were there. And it was so weird. I was like, so like you'd be in downtown and there's like downtown. I mean, all of New York City is downtown. Yeah. <laughs> there's that. But you'd be like, like, there and like there'd be like no snow but then you walk like a few streets over or you know go to like the bridge or something to go to another borough and all of a sudden there's like all the snow and you're just like it was so weird to me and people were like oh this is normal same thing with the rain it rained while we were there too i was like oh snow and rain great that's just a real new york experience here (laughs) and it was a very similar thing as well and so i know that doesn't happen all the time but it was 
it was something that happened in such a way that I just had to take note of it. So yeah, I'm not surprised about the heat yeah. being caught in concrete. What I think about buildings, because it's a very similar thing when you think about places like New York that have similar weird weather patterns. Yeah, totally. So, hey, by the way, side note, how do you like my, my hoodie? I love it. I was going to actually ask you about how do you get one of those? <laughs> yeah so about that <laughs> I thought you said you didn't know anything about the LGBTQ community <laughs> okay. okay that moment you can cut that out <laughs> trim it That's fine. that was hilarious <laughs> yeah okay so <laughs> about this hoodie it's not out yet because I hadn't, I couldn't decide if I actually liked it or not. I have one, two, three, four t-shirts that I've designed. And then I have a hoodie. And then I have air fresheners. Oh, cool. <laughs> I have air fresheners. That's awesome. And then they have it on the back too. And they're not a super strong scent either because I can't do scented things. So if it was up to me, they'd actually be non-scented air fresheners. But then I realized that it makes sense because... <laughs> supposed to be air freshener fresh in the air <laughs> so that didn't really make sense but i have them and they smell like guava apparently but it was a nice scent almost everybody who has gotten one so far has been like these are not like overpowering artificial scent crazy bananas so i have these to sell with the merch and then i also i'm gonna set up a buy me a coffee i'm buy I'm, me a cup of coffee i'm gonna do that too i'm gonna set up a buy me a coffee too because I think I like it better than the idea of Patreon. Yeah, I like it too. I've I've gone I've taken a look at it because like I have a lot of people that like. I mean, I don't have a ton of YouTube viewers, but I have a lot of people on my Instagram and stuff that are constantly like, I give out recording tips and mix tips and stuff, and so you do. I want people. I really love it. Thanks. <laughs> I want people to like feel like if they want to support me, that they can you know throw me a couple bucks. And they don't, they don't have to buy my merch. So, so exactly. And so, and I didn't want them to have to have an account because with PayPal, you have to have a PayPal account versus with buy my mm-hmm. coffee, you don't have to. And I wanted people to have that option as well. So those are some things that I guess, uh, I'll try to be rolling out in like the next couple of weeks. One final question. So that would be end on the topic of audio and then be done. So I was going to tell you all that, <laughs> but then I was like, <laughs> words. All right. Last thing advice that you would give. For people who are actually lies, I have two questions. One of them is, what is your favorite piece of audio software or gear? So yesterday it became my favorite. As of yesterday, I signed up for the Slate Digital All Access Pass. And let me tell you how freaking cool that thing is. It's so good. And then my favorite piece of gear would have to be my... JBL MKII three five inch monitors and I got them in white because they're pretty, but they also sound pretty. So my monitors, I couldn't live without them. Everything I need. But yeah, that that's late digital all access pass worth it. Nine bucks a month for six months and then fifteen bucks a month after that. And you get like five thousand dollars worth of analog gear in the box. I yeah. did air quotes when I said analog gear. Yeah, it's it's quoted, guys. <laughs> cool. Yeah, um, Lillian, Lillian Blair wrote an article about it. I read it and went, hmm, I think it's time to break up with my other plugins. So <laughs> Who's I went and got Blair? it. 
Lillian Blair is the owner or owner. No, she works at the Vera Project in Seattle and she runs a site called Gear Fanatics, which I do plug in reviews on. Got you. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, cool. So then I guess my last question is what piece of advice would you like to give the world in regards to audio, either in returns of like being a better audio engineer or in terms of diversity or inclusion, whichever way you want to talk about that. I would say that my biggest pet peeve right now in the entire world in the music production realm is when somebody takes something that is supposed to be a hi-hat sound or an electronic blip and makes it for the downbeat of their snare in their production. So it's like, don't do that. Stop doing that right now. And uh, stop. Get a real snare. Can be a clap. Can be a clap. Can be a rim shot. Can be a live snare. It can be a whatever. Just stop with the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's like 10K and they boost it all the way up and that's their snare. So that's my one piece of audio advice today. (laughs) Don't do that. It's awful. (laughs) Got it. Don't do it. But yeah, uh, also don't buy a bunch of gear and make it and expect it to be what makes you better. You will only get better with time and practice and getting involved with other people who can mentor you and bring you up. You could throw a million dollars at it and it will not make you a better audio engineer the best piece of gear is glued to the side of your head, to your ears. So there you go. That's real advice. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. Well, okay. Thank you for the advice, but also thank you for being on my podcast. Um, I'm sure. Thanks for having me. I had This was fun. I, I was going to say this sure was fun, but then I dropped sure for some reason. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, also, uh, real quick, let the people know where they can find you. And Okay. Thank you for having me. I did have a really good time. It was fun to talk about some serious topics that I'm passionate about as well. So that was awesome. And to have some laughs in between. So everyone can follow me. If you go to dankstudios.com, D-E-N-K studios.com, it has all my socials uh, down at the bottom. It has my portfolio, my Insta, my Facebook, my YouTube and everything like that. So that's probably the best thing to to do is just go to my website or at it's Instagram is at dank underscore studio. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us and we will see you next time.